So today, I want to talk to you around the idea, don't believe your lying eyes. Or we could say it this way, don't trust your lying eyes. We have faith and we have feelings. And this whole walk with Christ is an opportunity for us to decide which one we're going to follow. So today, let's get right into that word. Let's connect with that word and let's receive what God wants to do in our lives. Father, we just thank you for your word right now. We pray blessings on it. We ask you to to minister to every single one of these individuals that are on our online campus. We just pray right now in Jesus' name that you'll minister to them. You'll touch their families, that you'll bless their hearts. God, in Jesus' name, that you will raise up harmony and unity in their homes, that you will prosper them, that, Lord, we will have no fear, but we'll walk in faith and walk in power and walk in might according to your word. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. So again, let me say uh, welcome, and I want to go right into our text. Today, we're taking a text in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. And here's what it says, for we live by faith, not by sight, for we live by faith, not by sight. Now, let's get the whole context of that scripture and read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5 through 8. It says, now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we need to understand that there is this thing that we do in our lives Every single day if we're following Christ. And that's live by faith. And there's a, there's a challenge on us every single day as we live by faith to choose not to live by faith but to live by sight. And, and really what we can do is we can interchange or exchange the word sight for feelings. Because that's what it's really talking about. It's talking about our senses. You know, a lot of times we don't understand that that our senses in our walk with Christ, our senses can throw us off because we find ourselves listening to, uh, paying attention to, adhering to our feelings, how life and circumstances and situations are making us feel as opposed to what we know to be the truth in the word of God. There's a difference between facts and truth. Sometimes facts will tell you that there's no hope, but truth tells you in Jesus there's always hope. Sometimes facts will tell you this is the way it is, this is the way it's going to be, it's the way it's always been, but truth is nothing is impossible with God. Facts may tell you you're sick, truth says you can be healed. Facts may tell you you should be ashamed, truth says you can be free from shame. Facts say that there's no hope for your future, but truth says, I have given you a future and a hope. See, we need to understand we can't walk by just what we see or what we feel or what our circumstances say, but we must live by faith. You know, I I love this passage of scripture um, in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 through 33. Um, It's about an occurrence or a happening 
uh, in the New Testament with Jesus and his disciples. And I want to read it to you, and then we're going to talk about it. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, as you would be. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. I want you to notice a few things about this, this occurrence with Peter, with Jesus, with the disciples, and the whole setting. Jesus had been ministering to a lot of people. He had been doing a lot of miracles. He had been teaching a lot of things. He was needing some time to be refreshed, some time to get alone with God, the Father, and just pray and talk to God. And so he tells the disciples, listen, we're going to go to the other side. I want you to get in a boat. Go ahead and, and head that way. I'm going to go spend some time with the Lord. So he goes up and he spends some time in prayer. And, and they get out on the lake and they're on their way across the lake. And all of a sudden, a storm rises up. Winds blow. It, 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 it is a massive thing. Uh, some translations say that the, Bible, the boat was filling up with water. And uh, they were afraid they were going to sink. They were afraid that they weren't going to make it. It was, a, it was a hard situation. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of this, here comes Jesus walking on the water. Now, that's the thing you have to understand about Jesus. The Bible says in Psalms that we serve a limitless God. That the Bible also talks in the New Testament that all things are possible with God. Jesus, being God, has an insurmountable ability to overcome any natural circumstance at any given time. You'll see that later as we talk about the story. You have to understand who we serve here. You have to understand that this is not just some icon of religion. Jesus is not dead. He's alive because he overcame death. He rose from the dead. That just reveals how powerful and how amazing he was. The Holy Spirit raised him from the dead. The Bible says he came out of that tomb under his own volition. In other words, his own inertia, his own power, his own momentum. He just got up, killed death, and walked out of the tomb. It's just amazing to see how Jesus is who he says he is. And that's the thing we have to keep our eye on. That's the thing we have to think about. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is almighty. Jesus is omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. God is without failure. He is without limits. He is without parameters. God can do anything. And the only thing that... that can limit him in any way are the limits he puts on himself by his word. 
in terms of relating to us. So we need to understand Jesus come walking on the water. That may be supernatural to us, but it's very natural to him. It's not something that he would even give second thought to. He just walked on the water. So the disciples see him coming. They freak out as you would, and they're afraid. What in the world is this? And they see this, and, and I, I would imagine the lightning's flashing, and light is coming across his face, and they're like, what is going on? And they start freaking out. They were afraid of the storm. Now they're afraid of a ghost. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. It's me. I, I, it's me. Don't worry. Sometimes, sometimes I think we are, we are, we are so afraid of the supernatural. Sometimes I think that, that we, we are more comfortable with just having things the way they are than we are expecting God to show up walking on the water. I think that makes us a little scared. It makes us a little feel out there and, and feel fanatical when we talk about or think about the miraculous things of God. You don't need to worry about that. God is who he is. You don't have to defend him. You don't have to tell everybody how, no, I really believe this because it's really the, what the word said. No, you just believe it simply because it's who God is. We don't have to be afraid of the miraculous in our lives. The power of the Holy Spirit is available to us so that the miraculous things that we need to happen in our life can and will happen. Um, so Jesus is walking on the water. He says, it's me. Peter says, well, if it's really you, Jesus, ask me to come. So Jesus says, come on, Peter. Now, I want you to see what happens now. This is an important thing for you to see. Everybody focuses on Peter, and they focus on the further down the story when he falls in the water, as we just read, when he, when he looks at the winds and the waves and he sinks. And for some reason, we focus our eyes on that negative thing. We focus on our eyes, oh, here's Peter again, not getting it done. Here's Peter again, being a man of little faith. Can I, can I just tell you that Peter's the only one who walked on the water. Everybody else stayed in the boat. Everybody else was afraid. Everybody else didn't know what to think about Jesus walking the water, let alone it never crossed their mind that they could walk on the water. And Peter just said, if that's really you, if this is who you really are, Jesus, if you can really do these kinds of things in our lives, then here's what I want. I don't want to just watch you do it. I want to do it with you. See, this should be the heart of every believer, not focused on Jesus doing everything for us, but allowing Jesus to also do things through us. Peter was not satisfied with Jesus walking on the water. He thought to himself, if Jesus is powerful enough to walk on the water, he is powerful enough to allow me to walk on the water. Think about the thinking in his mind. And then he did something. He did something that is unbelievable, really, to most of us. He did this. He got down out of the boat. Now, everybody else was kind of hunkering down uh, uh, behind the, the walls of the boat. They were looking over the sides of the boat, but they weren't getting down out of the boat. This is not an appropriate time to get down out of the boat. There's a storm. There, there's winds blowing. There's, 
there's waves rolling. There's a storm. This is not the time to get out of the boat. We're not even sure if that's really Jesus. This is not the time to get out of the boat. But see, there's something about people of faith. They get their eyes off of the wind. They get their eyes off of the storm. And they get down out of the boat. See, one of the things that we have to do in order to see the miraculous happen in our lives, one of the things we have to do to become water walkers ourselves is to understand we can't believe our lying eyes. Our eyes would say, this is water. Our eyes would say, there's a storm around us. Our eyes would say, there's no way this should be happening. But, but what, what people of faith do is they don't believe their lying eyes and they set their faith on Jesus and they decide if he can do it, he can allow me to do it. And so Peter just gets out of the boat and many of us won't get out of the boat. Many of us just stay in the confines of the boat. It's more comfortable to be in a boat that's being rocked by a storm than it is to be on the water with Jesus. But let me tell you where true power is and true confidence is. It's not in the boat thinking that the boat could save you. If that boat fills off the, uh, up with water, you're going down. There's no way for it to save you. The best it could do is break in pieces. You grab a piece and float to safety if you make it. But it's better to be on that water, in that storm, walking on top of it in something that should never happen uh, uh, with Jesus than it is to be in a boat in so-called safety. And I'm just going to tell you right now, you might be thinking in this world, you might be thinking about what's going on around the world, you might be thinking about the different things with our economy and the different things that are going on in Ukraine and all of this kind of stuff, and you might be saying to yourself, I'm going to find a place to hunker down, I'm, I want to find a place to just, just get by myself and, and I'm just going to wait it out, I'm just going to hold on. No, no, no. These are opportunities, ladies and gentlemen, for us to find, where is Jesus? I know Jesus is out here on this water somewhere, and I'm ready. As soon as I see him, I'm going to get Get down out of this boat. I'm not going to hunker down, but I'm going to step out in faith. I'm not going to let my eyes, my senses, my feelings run me to ground, but I'm going to get out there on the water with Jesus and see what kind of adventure he has waiting for me. It's an amazing thing. So Peter does it. He, he gets out. He's walking on the water. And, and then it gets the best of him. As he's walking on the water, he begins to realize, what in the world am I doing walking on the water? Because now that he's on the water, he begins to really realize there's winds and there's waves and there's lightning flashing and all of this. And he takes his eyes off of Jesus. And he begins to fall. And, and, and as he's sinking, he cries out, Jesus, help me. And Jesus, the Bible says, immediately immediately Jesus reached down and picked him up. And here's what we need to see. Here's what we need to derive from this is that if we're going to really, really see the move of God in our life, miraculous things of God, then we have to understand God wants us to be water walkers and we have to understand we can't believe our feelings. We cannot follow our feelings. We must follow our faith. And our faith says Jesus is, is able to do anything. Our faith says his word is truth. His words are life. So I want to give you three things this morning to help you be a water walker and help you overcome your lying eyes, your lying feelings. And the first thing I want you to do and understand is that you have to get down out of the boat, as we've already talked about. You have to get down out of the boat you can't stay in the boat what is the boat representative of it's 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 
uh, it's the representation of safety. It's the representation of comfort. It's the representation of convenience. We have this foolish belief in ourselves based on our feelings that certain things we can control. And we try to establish a sphere of control by, by making, staying in our comfort zones, by staying in our convenience zones, by staying where we can control things, thinking that if I can just keep everything just like it is, then everything will be fine. It'll all turn out okay. But we all know this is not true. We all know that, the, that life has differing experiences. That there are good times in life and there are bad times in life. There are, there are difficult circumstances and there are, there are uh, good circumstances. There are, there are impossible situations and there are great rewards and victories in life. And all of this that happens in life, we have to respond to. We have to make a decision that we're not going to be overrun by our feelings, but we're going to live and lead by faith. I have to tell you that it's not easy to do that. It sounds so easy for us to say, live by faith, walk by faith, not by sight. But the truth is, it's not easy to do that. It's, it's a discipline. It's, it's something that we have to really work on. It's something I've been working on for 33 some odd years, just every day waking up and making sure, am I living by my feelings today or am I living by faith? You know, stop living by your feelings in your relationship with your spouse. Stop living by your feelings in, on your job. Stop being defeated by the circumstances in life and decide, I'm going to walk by faith. You know, sometimes we get this idea that the men and women in the Bible, whether Old Testament or New, that, that, that they could walk by faith because they were somehow different than us. But let me just tell you something. Talking about some negative circumstances, I mean, look, when God called Noah to build the ark, I mean, can you imagine what that experience must have been like when he decided, I'll do it, I'll build the ark, and there's never been a flood, there's never been rain, all the, rain, all the water has come up from the ground. He doesn't even know how to explain what God's asked him to do. All he's, all he's doing is, I'm giving you a warning, I'm telling you this is what God said, and you need to get ready, and, and, and God saw, gave him grace, God gave him favor because he was obedient. But he was mocked, he was ridiculed, he was treated as if he was crazy. Think about that. Think about the believers who have been negatively affected and negatively impacted by persecution. Think about the Ukrainian Christians right now and the Russian Christians right now and all of the persecution and the Christians in China right now who are undergoing real live persecution, real life imprisonment, real life death and beatings because of their faith. And it's in those moments we say, well, that's so drastic and it's such a big deal. Of course, they're going to stand in their faith. Of course, they're going to live by faith and not by sight. Can, can I, got, I got news for you, Western church. I got news for you, American Christians so prospered and blessed. Let me, let me tell you something. If you're not willing to commit all you have to Christ in a blessed circumstance, there is no way on this earth that you will stand in a commitment for Christ when you're facing real persecution. It doesn't work that way. These people in the Bible that God would ask to do something, would ask to step out in faith, it wasn't simple. It wasn't easy. It wasn't some circumstance where there wasn't another choice 
<laughs> it's like they didn't all have choices of do this or that's going to be worse. Your life is already bad, so let me make it. Abraham was very wealthy. His family was very wealthy. And God said, I want to call you out to a new land. Just go. He left all of that and went to do what God told him to do. And as a result, it absolutely blessed and prospered his life. It's important that we understand that we cannot live by our feelings. We must live by our faith. So you have to get out of the boat. Uh, there's a scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 6 through 7 that I love. It's the story of Jonathan. You can read the scripture later, but it's the story of Jonathan and his armor bearer. And the Israelites were fighting the Philistines. And when they were fighting these Philistines, they were, they, they were in constant war with them. They were, there were constant uprisings between those two nations. And they were in the middle of that. And Saul had about 600 soldiers, and they were tired, and they were weary from battle, and they didn't know what their next steps would be. So they went and sat down under a tree, under some shade. All of these men with Saul, they got the, 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 the different symbols that would tell them what to do. They would ask God, and, and, and uh, now God, tell us what to do. And they were sitting there waiting. Jonathan, who was the son of Saul, said to his armor bearer, he said, listen, listen, uh, there's a garrison of Philistines just over this hill. I think we should go and I think we should take them. I think we, let's go see. Let's go check it out. Let's see what God wants to do. Maybe, maybe God will show up. If we go over there in faith, maybe God will show up and he'll do things that need to be done uh, for us to win victory. And, and, and his armor bearer says, says something real interesting. Here's what Jonathan says. He says, perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Now, here's what I want you to think about. A lot of times we're sitting around waiting. God, do something. If you'll do something, I'll do something. And, and, and Jonathan here is saying, hey, let's go do something and maybe God will show up. Maybe God's power will show up. Let me explain something to you about God. He is absolutely attracted to action. God is attracted to steps of faith. God is attracted to people who believe him above their circumstances and above their situation. And that's what John was saying. Perhaps if we go and just take on this challenge, God will show up and he'll win the victory for us. And his armor bearer said, do whatever's in your heart, I'm with you. Now you have to understand, they were about to fight around 75 guys by themselves, them too. I don't know who had the more faith, Jonathan or the armor bearer, but they both were studs in the faith. And here's exactly what happened. They went up. The Philistines saw them, they engaged them, and God showed up, literally shook the ground, and they won the victory. And it created this morale in Israel so that they could move on. They have one camp that's sitting over here under a tree, tired, weary, trying to figure it out. And you have another two men who said, nope, let's go. It's kind of like Joshua and Caleb when they came back from the promise. Let's go do this now. But the other people saw it and said, it's too big for us. Listen, you have to get out of the boat. You have to be a Peter. Some of you have wanted dreams. You've had dreams. And you believe they're God-inspired dreams. God has spoken to you about what He wants you to be or who He wants you to become. 
and fear or comfort and convenience have robbed you of your faith and robbed you of the inspiration in your heart. And I got to tell you something. It's time for you to stop being like the other 11 in the boat, scared of the storm. It's time for you to stop being scared of the miraculous you see out in front of you. It's time for you to step out of the boat, throw your leg over the side, climb down the ladder, step down on that water on which naturally you should not be able to walk. But when you're focused on Jesus and when you're focused on his plan for your life, you will walk on that water. You will be a water walker and you will see the miraculous happen in your life. No following of your sight anymore, your feelings, your circumstances, but following the faith of God in your life. The second thing that I would tell you that we need to do, in other words, to be water walkers and overcome our lying senses is we need um, our sight. We need to understand that our sight and our feelings will lie to us. They will. Listen, a lot of times your, your feelings lie to you. They tell you that you're not going to get over. They tell you that you can't achieve that dream. They tell you that God will not be there when it's time. They, they tell you that that, that things didn't work out because you're bad and no good. They'll, they'll tell you that you can't achieve what God has told you you can achieve. When God says all things are possible, your circumstances, your feelings will tell you there's no way that could happen. It's important for us to understand that this is an ongoing battle that we face. Your feelings will lie to you. When your kid messes up again, your feelings will say to you, they're never going to make it. But, but faith in God says, God can get them there. When your marriage seems like it's just falling apart and it's falling apart for the last time and there's nothing that can happen, yeah, your feelings will lie to you and say, just walk away. It's never going to work. But you need to put your faith in God and trust God and pray. And you stop trying to fix it and let God fix it. Your feelings will tell you there's no hope for our future, that the world has gone mad, that things are crazy, there's nothing going to be good anymore. But let me tell you something, don't worry about evil. Don't be concerned about the dark. Just keep shining your light. Don't walk by your feelings, walk by your faith. God has put faith in you. Every man has been given a measure of faith. God has put faith in you to believe Him. Eternity is resident in your heart. Start seeking it out. Start seeking out the face of God. Start seeking out His Word. Start seeking out those dreams that He's put in you and those plans that He's made in you. And stop being so comfortable that you won't get out of the boat and you just keep believing. I'm sure that the rest of the disciples never had that thought because they, that didn't cross their mind because they were too busy thinking, I'm staying in this boat. These winds are going to destroy us. I, I, I'm staying in this boat because it's, it's the safest place to be. But our emotions and our feelings about things and what we see in front of us is not the safest place to be. It's with Jesus in faith that is the safest place. To be, hey, uh, g g give me a, a, a storm shelter. I, I, give me a storm shelter uh, if there's a storm, and I'll go into the storm shelter. But if I see Jesus standing outside, I'm gonna go ahead and stand with Jesus because I know this that it'd be safer to stand with Jesus than it would be in a storm shelter. 
And I'm making an analogy here, but it's the truth. Life is going to have storms. Problems are going to come at you, but come on, let, let's know that, that we serve a limitless God who can do the impossible, and He's given you this opportunity to believe Him over your feelings, to believe Him over your own thinking, to believe Him over your own emotions. We have to understand that they'll lie to us. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 through 3, it says, Now faith is a confidence in what we hoped for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. In other words, in other words, we don't always see what's really there. We face battles, but we don't always see what's really there. There's this there's a story in 2 Kings that I love. 2 Kings, 2 Kings, excuse me, chapter 6, verse 15 through 16. It's, it's such a good account. It's an account of Elisha. And Elisha was in trouble with one of the warring factions, warring kings against Israel. And, and he was staying in a city. And what was happening is this king kept trying to move against Israel, but every time they would try to attack what would happen is the, the Israelites would know where they were going to be. And they defeated them. And so he, the king was saying, someone in our camp is telling, telling the Israelites where we're going to be. We have a traitor. And one of his wise men said to him, no, no, here's what's going on. What's going on is Elisha, the prophet, God is telling him what you're about to do. Thoughts you're having in your own room, God's revealing to him. And he's telling others, and they're ready for you when you attack. That's what's going on. So this king decides, well, we're going to take out Elisha. Where's he at? So he goes to the city. They surround the city. They surround the city, and they're going to destroy Elisha. Well, that morning early, Elisha's, Elisha's assistant gets up and looks around the city, and he sees, oh, my God, we're surrounded. And he starts asking around what's going on. They say, this king has come to destroy Elisha. And uh, he runs back to Elisha and he says, Elisha, they're going to destroy us. They're going to kill us. God has revealed these things to you. And as a result, this king is angry and he's coming after you. And Elisha looks at the young man and he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And then he prays. He says, God, open his eyes. And the Bible says that this assistant looks up and he he looks around the hills that are beyond the, the armies that are coming to attack them. Beyond them, there are chariots and chariots and chariots and, and, and men, army, armies, armies, armies of men that are out there surrounding those who are surrounding them. It said chariots of fire. You remember chariots of fire, what brought Elijah to heaven. Chariots of fire. In other words, angelic hosts were surrounding the enemy that was surrounding the prophet. You need to understand that there may be circumstances in your life that feel like they are surrounding you. There could be circumstances in your life that feel like the world is closing in on you and you are under attack, but you need to understand your feelings are lying to you. Your emotions are lying to you. You're, you. You need to walk by faith and not by sight. Raise your eyes above the horizon. And ask God, God, reveal to me 
your will and your purpose. Show me what's really going on here. And here's what you're going to find. You're going to find that it may feel like you're surrounded, but the enemy that is surrounding you is being surrounded by the hosts of heaven. And God is on your side. And here's what Elisha said to this young man and what I'm saying to you today. There are more for us than there are for them. In other words, we cannot be defeated. Greater is he that's within us than he that's in the world. So what are your circumstances today that are trying to overcome you? What are the problems in your life today that seem to be standing insurmountably in front of you? What is it that's stolen your dream and is killing your hope? What is it that's trying to take from you the very purpose and destiny that God has for you? And you need to understand that cannot stop you. That enemy cannot hold you back. Don't listen to your feelings of fear. Don't listen to your feelings of comfort where you say, well, I could just stay here in the comfort of my situation, in my comfort zone. Nothing great ever happened in a comfort zone. Nothing excellent, nothing of dreams, nothing of the power of God, nothing of purpose ever happens when we stay in the boat. We got to get out of the boat. We have to understand that our feelings, our sight, our senses are lying to us. And we have to remember that God is on the throne and there is nothing that he can't do. Come on, somebody. You need to stand in faith and not by sight. And you need to walk on that water. Know that God wants to do the impossible in your life. And I'm praying for you that you'll see that there are more for you than there are against you. And the third thing that I would tell you and last thing is this. Faith over feelings always results in the miraculous. If you were to put it into a formula, it would be faith is greater than feelings equals the miraculous. Every time that we make a decision to not go by the way of our comfort, to not go by the way of convenience, to not go by the way of feelings and emotions, but to go by the way of faith every time the miraculous is available to us. It was more comfortable for the disciples to say, send these people on their way to get food for themselves. Jesus said, what do we have? What do we have? I'm sure that was extremely uncomfortable as he was breaking the bread and handing it to the disciples. I'm sure they were thinking, Lord, I hope this keeps going because there are 5,000 plus here and we had five loaves, two fishes. I don't know how this is going to work, but I'm going to do what you say. Get out of that place of comfort and get into that place of courage and understand that when you move, God moves. When you step out in faith, God steps with you. You are not alone in this. The Holy Spirit will back you up. If you move according to the Word of God, God is with you. Faith over feelings results in the miraculous. John 20, 29 says, Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me, but still believe. I remember one time we were in Rwanda. It was before we went to Rwanda. We had our mission all planned out. Two weeks of ministry just straightforward ministry, going from one place to the next, enjoying uh, the people of Rwanda, ministering in churches in Rwanda, and we had it all planned out. And about 
You have to understand when you plan anything globally, you cannot halfway do it. You have to do it to the, to the T. You have to cross the T's. You have to dot the I's. You have to get it all planned out because even then you have to remain flexible because there are going to be things happen that you don't, didn't know were going to happen and you're going to have to be ready to move things. But in order to be able to be flexible, you have to have a good plan. So you never do things last minute. It's just not a smart idea if you want them to be effective. But here we were about 15 days out of the whole trip. And the Lord began to stir in my heart, I want you to reach out to the young. I want you to reach out to college age and high school age students. I want you to reach out to the young. And I, I said, but uh, in my prayer time, I said, but Lord, you, you know, we're almost about to leave. We've got 15 days. There's no way we can put something that together that's going to amount to anything. It's just going to be a small little showing, and, and we're not really going to be able to accomplish what we want to accomplish. And I just kept getting that impression on my heart, do it now. And so I called my contacts in Rwanda. We talked about it. And they said, all right, we're going to get with you on this. And so they got some young adult people that were already on their team. And they said, look, we want to do some ministry to the young. And we want, we want uh, to do it this time. And, we, and here's how, what we want to accomplish. And so we were thinking, man, it's, it's going to be a small, insignificant thing. Because there's just no way we can get all that done in 15 days. And people find out about it and come to it and all of this. You have to just understand how it works. But I really believe God told me that. So I said, if it's only going to be a few people, then that's what God wanted. And that's how we're going to achieve it. We're just going to go do what he says to do. And so we started the process and we get over there. And that night came that we were going to go and, and do this ministry. where We're going to you know, do worship and I was going to preach and we're going to do testimonies and, and different things. And we had some different uh, worship teams there from different African churches, and it, it was it was it was we we had a good night planned, and we thought this is going to be great. Don't know who's going to show up, but they had they had gotten a a theater that had five hundred seats, so I thought, oh man, it's going to be so oversized. And we get there, and we're we're literally a block and a half, maybe two blocks away, and I can hear it already. They had started at like 8 o'clock and we were getting there at like 10 because they were doing an all-night thing. We didn't really want to do an all-night thing. They were doing an all-night thing and we, we just had so many things going we couldn't be there for the whole thing. So we show up at 9.30, something like that, and I can hear it two, two blocks away. I can hear the music. I can hear the shouting. I can hear the dancing. And we walk up. when we I mean, we drive up into this parking lot and we get out and we start up the stairs to this, this building, this theater. It was on a college campus. And as we walk up the stairs, I start seeing people all down the stairs. At every window, there's people looking in. I, I, they get us into the room. I walk into the door. There are people in every empty space. Every chair is full. People are sitting in the aisles and on the stairs. All down in front, people sitting, people standing. And they figured that there was around a thousand young adults there. We had a night that was life-changing. God did things in people's lives. There, there was a young man there that night that literally is serving in India now as a missionary to India from Kigali, Africa. 
God provided a way for him to do that. I mean, can you imagine? That was a dream in his heart. And I told him that night, the Lord gave me a word of prophecy that he would be going worldwide, that he would be moving in a different direction, that he would not be limited by his circumstances. And I spoke that over his life. I never, you know, sometimes we do what God tells us to do when we don't really realize God's really going to do that. So that night that should have been not much of a showing was an imprint on a generation, a generation of young people who are now many of them doing ministry and changing their world. And I'm just telling you, when we learn to not look at our circumstances, when we learn to not look at problems and issues, when we stop putting our eyes on the waves and we understand that our feelings will lie to us and say, those waves are going to knock you down. That wind is going to get the best of you. That that situation in the world is going to overcome you and overwhelm you. It causes us to forget for a moment that we are children of the Most High God. And that there is no defeat in Him. That He's given us victory. That He is the I Am that I am. He is the Holy God, the Creator of all things. All things in Him consist. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. He was and is and is to come. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There is nobody like Him and no other God besides Him. We need to understand that is who we serve. And the powerful, miraculous things that can happen in life don't come from us. They come from Him. All we need do is to believe. All we need do is to set our faith to get out of the boat. To not listen to our feelings and to step out on the dreams that God has given us. Step out on the faith that God has given us. Step out on the waters of life. And instead of sinking, just keep walking on out to Jesus. Just keep walking on out to Jesus. You know, I have a thought about when Peter cried out and said, God, have mercy on me. Jesus picked him up. I don't believe that Jesus carried him back to that boat. I believe Jesus picked him up out of the water and together they walked back to the boat. Listen to me. God made you to be a water walker. You hear me? God made you to be a water walker. A person who doesn't doesn't set aside time for comfort, doesn't choose convenience, but a person who gets out of the boat and says the winds may be blowing, The rain may be falling. The lightning may be flashing. But Jesus is out there. I'm not staying in the comfort of this boat when I know the safer place is out there in faith with Jesus walking on the water. Don't believe your lying eyes. Walk in faith, not by sight. Do you believe Him today? Do you believe Him? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. You're so good. And you're so limitless in your power. And I know that there are people who have struggled with their faith over the last two years. Because sometimes when we face problems and issues that we don't understand, we we start we start diving into our logic and we start diving into the way we think and we start diving into trying to make sense of things 
But when we can't make sense of it all, there's only one thing to do, and that's to lift our eyes above the horizon. And see, no matter what the attack is, no matter what is surrounding us, there are more for us than are against us. Lord, no matter how the storm is raging, we can walk on that water. No matter if we just set our focus and our faith on you. So today, that's what we do. That's what we do. We must act, Father. Help us to act. Help us to get out of the boat and give you a chance to show up. We must not believe the lie, God. Help us to set our focus merely on you. And we must choose our faith over our feelings, God. Help us to walk by faith and not by sight. And we pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen and amen. Hey, listen, the place where this starts is believing in him as your savior. The place that this starts, this life of the supernatural, this life of water walking, this life of seeing the miraculous, it starts with that first miracle, that miracle of salvation, that miracle of regeneration is what it's called theologically, meaning God changing you from the inside. And the the way that happens is you believe. You believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that God raised Him from the dead. You believe that He came to pay the penalty for your sins. You believe that He is your Savior and your Lord. And then you commit to follow Him. So today, if that's you, there's a pastor and leader that's available to you to pray with you or to talk with you. But I want you to make that decision today. Can I pray a prayer with you real quick? If you're a person who says, you know what? I believe. I believe that Jesus can see me through. I, I, I see that the world is hopeless, but Jesus can give me hope. I, I see that circumstances will lie to me, but the truth is always available to me. If that's you today and you want to say, I, I believe in Jesus. I want to accept Jesus into my life and I want to commit my life to him. If that's you, just pray this prayer after me. Father God, I come to you in the name of your son, Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe right now I walk by faith, not by sight. I can't see you, God, but I believe. I believe your word is true. I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he rose again from the dead. I believe he wants to forgive me. Come into my life. Make me a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, praise God. If you made that decision, please let us know. We have some steps that you should take to help you along your spiritual journey. Thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you.